Hebrews chapter number 2. A greater victory. Everybody enjoys victory. Last Sunday, uh, a man from Georgia enjoyed victory, did he not? <clears throat> you know who won first place, who won second place. See, nobody's interested in second place winners. Uh, it's always first place winners. Uh, as we're studying in our D-Life group on Wednesday night, uh, on putting on the whole armor of God, uh, we know that we are fighting from victory rather than fighting for victory. And as we look here in Hebrews chapter number 2, these verses are very difficult for many to understand. But I think if you'll stay with me this morning, we will get an understanding of what this passage of Scripture has to say to us. When Jesus died on the cross, uh, a great transfer of power took place in heaven and in hell uh, and upon the earth. Uh, and by Jesus Christ becoming human and dying, uh, He took on the limitations and the temptations of humanity, uh, but through His death, uh, many things took place in the kingdom of the eternal. He took upon himself our suffering. He drank the bitter cup that we deserved. He accomplished some great blessings for us, and I want to share with those with you this morning in this message of a greater victory. I'm one of those preachers that preaches three points and a poem or four points and a poem. Today it's going to be four points and a song. Verse 5. He restored our forfeited inheritance. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come. Now that has reference to the new earth which will be created after the great white throne judgment seat of Christ. For unto the angel hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that, art mind, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see, ne but now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God that we are trying to share today. I pray thy blessings will be upon each one to hear today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
The writer from this passage of Scripture gives a quote from Psalms chapter number 8, verses 4, 5, and 6. This passage was written by David when I feel like maybe he was a shepherd boy on a lonely night out in the Judean hills keeping the sheep, and he was laying there looking up into the heavens and seeing the stars and the probably the moon and, and may have wondered just how far it was from where he was to this place called the moon. How do you think David would have felt if he knew that one day the very words that is placed in Psalms chapter number 8 would be placed on the moon and would be read from the Apollo 11 astronauts uh, as they landed on the moon, left those words in a capsule that is there. Um, on July either the 20th or the 21st, uh, 53 years ago from this month, uh, we celebrate man landing on the moon. By the way, who was the first to land on the moon and walk on the moon? Who was the second? Who was the guy that drove the thing? See, we, we, clean, we, we don't remember those. David had no idea that man would ever go to the moon and leave these words. But when David penned these words, I think he was thinking of himself and the brevity of life. On this, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visiteth him? A big question. What is man? Most people answer that question wrongly. Is that a word? You scoot, is wrongly a word, teachers? If it ain't, I just used it. Anyhow. We have those who say that man was just an accident, that we just happened somehow. We have one group of people who are saying that man is God. Um, but uh, David asked the question, what is man? Something that one will never know until they understand who God is. And you have to see Jesus to know both God and man because Jesus was God in human flesh, and Jesus is a perfect man. Now, ladies, look around. Do you see any perfect men in this congregation? I'm giving it to you. It's kind of like one uh, lady in a congregation who had brought a lot of people to church... Uh, and the pastor got up and said, uh, uh, because of your contribu contribution to the church, uh, we're going to let you choose three hymns this morning. And she stood up and she says, I'll take him and him and him. Man was made in the image of God. But the men that you see today are not in the image of God. 
The men you see today are in the image of Adam. And in the image of Adam, Adam has ruined and marred the image. In the beginning, man was given dominion over the earth, but he forfeited that through sin. And now, look again at verse 8 here of this. Now we see not yet all things put under him. Man is not king of the earth, as has been intended. Man today is not declaring the glory of God, but we are abusing the privileges that has been given unto us. And our humanity today is broken, and it's not what God intended us to be. Verse 7 says that man was crowned with glory and honor, but he has lost that. And Jesus has come to restore that which was lost. He came as the second Adam, or better, the last Adam. He took our crown of thorns and wore it for us in the suffering of death. And now he sits on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I as we walk on this earth. Second of all, he reinstated our family relationship. Look in verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? That's what the the praise team was doing here this morning. They were singing praises unto him, and we will praise his holy name. And it says, and again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children of God, which the children which God hath given me. When Adam sinned, he lost that family relationship with God. God was no longer their father. Lost people has the devil today for their father. And the Lord Jesus came to make whosoever will trust in him as their personal savior to be a part of his family. (coughs) Verse 10, again. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So his purpose here as captain of our salvation is to bring many into his glory. You see, Jesus took the sword of death out of Satan's hands, but he had to do it as a man. Everything legally was lost by man through this man, Adam, and so it had to be righteously regained by man through the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the message here in Hebrews that Jesus came in order that he might take his place 
for us and prepare a place for us, and this world is not our final home. Look again there at verse number 11 when it talks about our complete relationship with people and He is making or has made holy. For both He, that is Christ, that sanctified, set apart, and they who are, that's us who are set apart or sanctified, are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call us brethren. So we have the opportunity to trust in him and our relationship is restored and all that he has is ours. We are recipients of his care and of his love. And this is possible because of what he said there in verse 10. He came to make the captain of their salvation uh, complete through suffering. He was willing to do that. He did that in order that we might have a complete salvation. I'm glad the night that I got saved, I got everything that I'm going to need to take me from this walk of life until the next life. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get a little on that Wednesday night, go back on Thursday, get a little bit more, on Friday get a little bit more, and complete the whole transaction by Sunday or maybe a year later. I got the whole boatload on that Wednesday night. Praise God. That ought to excite you and makes Presbyterians rejoice. <laughs> Complete salvation. That one day the trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ is going to be resurrected first. And those who are living will be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. And we shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. Amen? Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Third of all, He came to render our foe powerless. Verse 14. Notice what it says. For as much then as the children, that's us, are partakers of flesh and blood. He, that's Christ, also Himself took part of the same, took part of the flesh and blood. He didn't take on fleshly nature, but He took on flesh and blood. He was without sin, but He took on that part of the same that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death, and that is the devil. Now, how did the devil get the power of death? Adam gave it to him. And when you come to Jesus, he takes care of the fear of death. Now, I believe there's a living grace, and I believe there's a dying grace. I don't particularly want to die. Do you? You know, everybody wants to, wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But you've got to go through something in order to get something. And if it's death that comes our lot, then that takes us from somewhere to someplace else. And for a saved person, that is a place known as paradise or heaven. 
if, it's, if you're not saved, then there's a place known as hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And so what Jesus has done is taken away the fear or the sting of death as it's called in Scripture. And how did He do that? Well, by taking from the devil the power of death. And the devil is good at frightening us with the thought of death. But Psalms 23 tells us that death is only what? It's only a shadow. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some of you are in it. Shadows may frighten you. A shadow of a dog may frighten me, but he can't hurt me. Well, he might bite me. Shadow of a snake can't hurt you. May make you hurt yourself trying to get away. So as a man, Jesus suffered for sin. But as a man, Jesus defeated Satan. I'm glad he came to overthrow our enemy. Amen. I'm glad that one day I get up in the mornings and uh, I groan. Do you? When you get out of the bed, you go, mmm. You take those steps, mmm. And somebody will say, why are you groaning? Well, you're fulfilling Scripture. For the Bible says, for in this body we groan. So every morning I'm fulfilling Scripture when I try to get out of the bed. Hmm. <laughs> then he removes our fear completely. Look at verses 15. And deliver them who through fear of death... Uh, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. But what did he do? He took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, or because he took on the nature of Abraham or the seed of Abraham, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Just a moment there before I forget it. Merciful and faithful speaks of the two sides of the intercessory ministry of Christ. He is merciful toward believers by interceding for us on the right hand of the Father, making that intercession. 
He is faithful to the Father because uh, He interceded in a matter which is based on the fact uh, that He shed His blood on the cross of Calvary uh, and it satisfied the Father because He took that blood and He took it all the way to heaven and placed it upon the mercy mercy seat of God. So He's a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God To do what? To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or to help them that are tempted. I believe the fear of death at the moment of death is taken away. I've been close. May 2nd, they elected Scotty on Wednesday and I celebrated it by having a heart attack on Friday. I've walked into a lot of hospitals in my ministry of 50 years. I've walked into a lot of funeral homes in all those years. I have witnessed the times of suffering and the heartaches and the bereavement of the families that are going through difficulty in those moments of time. I can never say unto them as I go into those places, oh, I know how you feel. I can't honestly say that. But I can point them to one who does know how they feel, And one that can be with them and have an understanding of what they're going through. So he's a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Because it says he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus never sinned. Jesus was not secretly married to Mary Magdalene. Let me say this and I'll try to bring it to a close. When you get saved, God just doesn't put you back to like you was before you're lost. We gain more in Jesus when we accepted Him as our personal Savior than what we lost in Adam. Did you know that? God does not love us because we are valuable. But we are valuable because He loves us. Look back at verse number 8 just for a moment. But now we see not. Now we see not. What's that next word there? But now we see not yet. Underline the word. But now we see not yet all things put under Him. For the saved, one day sorrow will be past. For the saved, 
One day our sickness will all be over. One day I'll not experience what's in my lungs today that's giving me a lot of trouble. I just wonder, you know, some people say, well, when somebody dies, I wonder what their next breath in heaven is going to be like. Let me ask you something. Will we breathe in heaven? Good question, isn't it? Somebody says, will we, will we eat in heaven? I sure hope so. <laughs> I don't know where they'll have uh, peach milkshakes there or not. I hope they do. They will be cheap. Not what they are today. Bible says one day we're going to judge angels. 1 Corinthians 6 and 3. We're going to have the dominion that God gave unto us and made for us. You're looking at a man that does not deserve what God has prepared for him. And I look out over a congregation of people who do not, who is not worthy to receive what the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared for them. But one day, one day, we will get to enjoy and view all that God has prepared for his children. <clears throat> I realize this morning a great victory has been won. One day I won't have to drink water, I don't think. Let me close. <clears throat> Does Jesus care when my heart is pain too deeply for mirth and song? As a bird unspress and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Sing with me. Does Jesus care? Oh, yes, he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When my days are weary, the long night dreary, I know my say. Your cares.
One day I can sing that imperfection. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that when Jesus came, he put back everything that was lost in Adam. One day when I leave this body of clay and gain a new body glorified like the Lord Jesus Christ, And I'll have the privilege and opportunity to bow at the feet of my Lord and Savior and thank Him for saving a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I can see. Thank you for the privilege of sharing just for a few moments this day the Word of God. Bless our church. Speak to the hearts of thy people that are here today. If one has been convicted of their sin, I pray, God, that they'll do something about that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand to our feet. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.